God bless you and welcome to Walk in Truth Christian Fellowship Church broadcast. We appreciate and welcome all of you, our listeners around the world. Stay tuned to hear an exciting word from the Lord. Hello, this is Pastor Jay with Walking Truth Radio Podcast. This sermon is brought to you by Sister Venus Jackson Esquire, who is a faithful member of Walking Truth Christian Fellowship Church and also the Vice President of the Board. Her message is about transition. Aren't we all going through transition? And she really did an awesome job. So please enjoy this message. God bless. Subscribe and share. Peace. Israel, can I not do with you as this powder has done? Amen. Amen. 
declares the Lord. Behold, like the clay of the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. If at any time I declare concerning a nation or a kingdom that I will pluck up and break down and destroy it, and if that nation concerning which I have spoken turns from its evil, I will relent of the disaster that I intended to do to it. And if at any time I declare concerning a nation or a kingdom that I will build and plant it, and if it does evil in my sight, not listening to my voice, then I will relent of the good that I had intended to do to it. So we understand the background of this. Jeremiah is during the same time as Ezekiel warning the people that if you don't repent and turn away from your evil ways, God is going to destroy you. So he said, let's look deeper into this. He says, just like the potter, I can even build you up and make you something new or I can throw you away. It's the choice is really yours. Yeah, that's right. Because if you turn away from sin, I can build you up, I can plant you, I can make you into this new thing. But as, as remember what the potter said, the spoil, the clay was spoiled. When you're full of sin, you're spoiled. And so therefore, what you do with something that's spoiled? You throw it out. You destroy it. You can't do anything with spoiled milk, spoiled bread, nothing. Amen? And so God was telling him, them through Jeremiah, that if you do what I ask you to do, turn away from sin, I will save you. You won't be that spoiled clay anymore. But the minute that you, you just, when you decide that you want to continue to do what you want to do, I'm going to throw you out. Amen? Amen. So you see, God wants to save them, but they are not listening. Now let's look at Isaiah 64 and 7. And we remember that Isaiah is doing the same thing that Ezekiel was doing, same thing as Jeremiah was doing. God always made sure he gave me a warning. And I don't know why we don't listen, but he, they're just like us. We don't listen all the time. Isaiah 64 and 7. Isaiah 64 and 7. There is no one who calls upon your name who rouses himself to take hold of you. For you have hidden your face from us and have made us melt in the hand of our iniquity. Keep going. But now, O oh Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay, and you are our potter. We are all the work of your hand. Be not so terribly angry, O oh Lord, and remember thy iniquity forever. Behold, Please look, we are all your people. Now see how we look in the context now, we read Isaiah and Jeremiah. We see this is a, in Jeremiah, God was giving an example of what he was going to do to us. And Isaiah, this is a plea. He's saying, God, we are the clay, you are the potter. Have your way, give us mercy, save us from ourselves. He is, he is, he is really asking for a plea of mercy. He's just like Ezekiel, Isaiah is warning the Jews about the coming destruction. But when you read it, he was like, God, they don't know. Please help us. Mold us, shape us, make us different. Because what we're doing is wrong. All together, you can see it differently. Now when she says, you are the potter, I am the clay, you understand this is a plea for help. And have your way, which means God, I need you to help me for myself. Going back to the other song, deliver me. Lord, deliver me. Because all I seem to do is hurt me. It's you. You can't blame Satan all the time. You make the choice. That's right. That's right. That's right. And so Isaiah is asking God to change the Jews because made they, um, he made us from dirt and he can mold us the way he wants to save us from death. And the death of death, sin is death. And Jesus Christ is the light and that's our rebirth. But we have to listen and make the right choices. That's right. 
This leads me to the topic I will be discussing this morning, transition. A passage from one place or a state to another, change as the transition of the weather from hot to cold. Sudden transitions are sometimes attended with evil effects. A metabasis is from to go beyond and to go. This is a passing from one thing to another. That's transition. In Hebrew, it's albar, and that means to cross over, to um, alienate, to go beyond, to carry over, to deliver, etc., etc. All these things are talking about change and transition. So, what are you transitioning from? What are you? What is your transition? What are you going through? What What type of clay do you want God? Do you think God wants to mold you in? Are you at the end of your transition or beginning of a transition? If you're not going through transition, with what we talked about at Bible study, I mean, on Tuesday, is that if you're not moving, you're what? Stagnant and defunct and equipped, inequipped to do what God has called you to do. Transition is hard. It hurts. It is tough. It makes you realize that you cannot go through anything without God. So just like the clay, God has to turn and twist you into something different. So you start off as a lump of clay, but he has to mold you. He has to set you, then come back and twist you again and turn you again and only to set you again until he has you right where he wants you. It's just like the clay on the, on the potter's wheel. They, they transform and then they let it sit and come back and do some more stuff and then let it sit until it's exactly the way the potter wants it. And so this is clay, so clay don't hurt. But when you're in transition, when you're a human, you go this way and that way. I can't move my neck, but if I could, it would be all crooked because God has to straighten you up to go the way he wants you to go. Amen? Amen. And so just like Tamla Man said, it's not the end but the beginning. Anytime you go through a transition, you focus on the end, but the beginning is what's important. Let's go to Ecclesiastes 7. And eight. Ecclesiastes seven and eight. Better is the end of a thing than its beginning. And the patient in the spirit is better than the proud in spirit. So better is the end of the thing. So tell me what you're singing up some words made up. If she's singing biblical principles, it's not the end of the thing, it's the beginning. A beginning of a new creature, a beginning of a new star, a beginning of a new transition. Go ahead. Be not quick in your spirit to become angry, for anger lies in the heart of fools. So understand, when you're going through transition, you be like, why me, God? Why am I going through? You're going through for a purpose. So not be quick to be angry about the transition you're going through. You're going through because you're supposed to. Amen? Amen. Say not, why were the former days better than these? For it is not from wisdom that you ask this. No, because if you ask the former days, you was in a different place. So how do you not know that your, your, the end of the thing is going to be better? You taking your experience, you're like, oh, this was, no, it wasn't easy. You just, when you went through it, you look back, oh, that was easy. But when you was going through it, it wasn't easy at all. So you're not talking out of wisdom, you're talking out the side of your face. And as you see, transition is hard. And in the Old Testament, God has to remind them that you must be patient. Lord Jesus. Because at the end, you will see my glory. You will see my purpose. That's hard. When you're in the transition, 
and you don't understand where you're going. And you really are lacking faith because if you had faith, you would just stay there and be like, okay, God, where are you going? Take me there. And I have that problem as well. I'm not going to sit up here and say I don't because I don't have patience. And God said, be still and know that he can make you strong. Though it hurts for a moment, work on me. Think about it. If you're not in constant transition from infant to toddler, to preschooler to grade school, okay? To grade schooler to preteen, to teenager, to young adult, to adult, to middle age, to elderly, to mature elderly, and then you're deceased. Every day of your life, you're in constant change. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Every day of your life, you're in transition. Yeah. You never cease to change. You don't look like you looked five years ago. Yeah. And therefore, why is it so hard for us to understand that as Christians, we must go through transition? If not, we serve no purpose. Let's go to Romans 12 and 2. Romans 12 and 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is of the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Renewing of your mind, the transformation, the transition, the albar is continual because our flesh makes it necessary to sacrifice daily. If we read the scripture before Paul writes about presenting our bodies, if you go before as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God with spiritual worship. Well, in, or if you are not in transition, and if you're not allowing God to mold you in your Christian life, how do you give God spiritual worship? The answer is you cannot. So you must allow God to transform you. Through the transformation, you must put on a new self daily. Because in transition, you change daily. That's, now, mind you, this is so funny. I wrote this in February. I did not know we were going to go into Colossians. But this is in here. Colossians 3. This is so funny. This is the Holy Spirit. Because I didn't know we were going into Colossians. And this is talking about putting on our new self. Colossians 3, verse 1. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is. Seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. You have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Here God gives Paul instructions to the Colossian church on how to put on a new self day, how to keep your flesh from intervening from pure worship. And I've been thinking a lot about transition and change. And Colossians is a lot about transition and changing and not letting other people talk in your ear to take you away from Christ. And not letting yourself take you away from Christ by being self-deprecating, self-reliant, and worshiping self. Because the only way we can get the truth is through Christ and through God. Amen. I'm not going to teach the whole Bible study today, but it is really, really awesome on what Paul is saying, that he's going through a transition. He's sacrificing, and so is the Colossi church. Amen? Amen. I've been thinking a lot about transition and change, and I'm going from singleness to being married, and transition is not like it is in the movies or the fairy tales. It's hard work. 
I see myself having to take off my single role off and putting on a new role, and it makes me examine myself, and at times, I don't like what I see. I have to admit that I'm consumed in the transition, that I am like the Colossians. My mind is focused on everything except on my main transition, which is being a child of God. See, it's easy to lose track on a real transition in your life because things of the flesh interfere on what your true purpose is in which to proclaim the name of Jesus. So as a reminder to myself, the transition is not from singleness to married life, but from literalness to spiritualism, which means focusing my mind on God and letting him work out the rest. The transition is not going to be easy. But if I follow what we read in, let's repeat uh, Ecclesiastes 7 and 8. Yes, okay. Ecclesiastes 7 and 8. Better is the end of a thing than its beginning. And the patient in spirit is better than the proud in spirit. Be not quick in your spirit to become angry. For anger lodges in the heart of fools. Say not. Why were the former days better than these? For it is not from wisdom that you ask this. Understanding better the end of the thing than the beginning. We know if we just hold on and let God do what he's going to do in us, then the transition won't be unbearable. Because he's our bearer. Um, what is that? He says he's our heavy load sharer and our burden bearer. And so therefore, we give our burdens to him. It won't be so bad. We won't, we won't get shingles. In December. We won't get <laughs> respiratory infections in January. We won't have panic attacks and our hair won't come out because we because we'll be depending on God and not on ourselves. Amen. Amen. Think about it. Ezekiel's transition. When he gets to the end of the book, we can look back at the beginning of the book and look like this is our normal Ezekiel's getting was rough, but at his end, the reward, the vision, the glorious visions. So he started out. Let's think about that. He started about shaving his head, eating all kind of stuff he needed to eat, only to get that vision at the end. Now, you know he worked through, he was like, God, hold up. This transition ain't cool with me. But he went through this transition not on one year, not on two years, but a span of years to get the vision at the end. So we have to understand that transition is not quick. Transition is not at our pace. It's at God's pace. Amen? Amen. And so we might be going through a transition for 10 years. But the good thing is when you transition, you still move. You're constantly going and you're not dead. Amen? Amen? So I leave you with this. No matter where you are in transition, remember that you are transitioning for God's good. I know it may not see it now, but the end of the thing is worth it. Let God take control. Let him mold and make you. So Tamla summarized what the authors of the Old Testament says. So while you're going through, let him work on you. Though it hurts for a moment, let him work on you. Amen?
And you need to understand that it's part of God's plan for us to suffer. Suffer through his hand and suffer with each other. Amen. You know, one of the biggest sufferings we do is with each other. Amen. You know, dealing with each other's family. And I thank God for that because every time I think I'm at an end of a thing, I'm at a beginning of something new. That's how God wants to take you higher and higher in Him. So the beginning is never about yesterday. It's always about today. And that's the good thing about God. He does not hold our iniquities of our past against us. That's the only place I know that I can get relief is with Jesus Christ and what He done at the cross. I mean, Venus is so right. It's like what we're supposed to be celebrating this month is a transition from darkness into light. Amen. That when he died and was raised, that gave us the opportunity to even have a choice. See, you didn't have a choice before he died and was risen, but now you have a choice, and your choice makes a difference in your transition. Amen. It doesn't make a difference. That's like Stephanie said, I want you to pay attention. This is not a recovery thing for just drug addicts. She said, if you got lost, if you if from a loved one, we all should be probably there tomorrow. Because we're going through. We're going through. You know, uh, I, I'm going through. You know, uh, we all are going through. It may not look like we're going through because we look so good while we're going through, but we're going through. So we need to get strength from other people who are going through. Because there's somebody in this room that is doing what you've been that can help guide you through pointing to God all the time. So I thank God for what Venus gave. Let's get the Lord a hand clap of praise. Amen. Amen.